0: Today we're reading Hebrews 10, for the law is only a shadow of the good things to come, not the realities themselves. It can never by the same sacrifices offered year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would not the offerings have ceased? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt the guilt of their sins. Instead, those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you took no delight. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God." In the passage above, he says sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor did you delight in them, although they are offered according to the law. Then he adds, here I am, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second, and by that will we have been sanctified through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, day after day. Every priest stands to minister and to offer again and again the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool for his feet, because by a single offering he has made perfect for all time those who are being sanctified. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and inscribe them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, an offering for sin is no longer needed. Therefore, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way opened for us through the curtain of his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold resolutely to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together, as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately go on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth— No further sacrifice for sins remains, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume all adversaries. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think one deserves to be punished who has trampled on the Son of God, profaned the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember the early days that you were in the light. In those days you endured a great conflict in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to ridicule and persecution. At other times you were partners with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property, knowing that you yourselves had a better and permanent possession. So do not throw away your confidence. It holds a great reward. You need to persevere so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will take no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. And this is God's word. This chapter wraps up the argument about the superiority of Christ to everything in the Old Testament. The main point of verses 1 through 14 is that Jesus' death is superior to the Old Testament sacrifices because his death was a permanent sacrifice for sins. In the words of verse 14, for by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's why Jesus sat down at the right hand of God, according to verse 12, because there was no more blood work to be done. The result of Jesus' sacrifice is genuine salvation, according to verses 15 through 18. God has forgiven us in Christ, according to verses 17 and 18, and has regenerated us spiritually, putting His laws in our hearts and our minds, according to verses 15 and 16. Because all of this is true, the author of Hebrews applied these truths to Christians like us by giving us two sets of applicational steps. The first set of applicational steps consists of learning to worship God sincerely, as we saw in verses 19 through 21, devotedly, according to verse 23, and servingly, according to verse 24. Okay, I made up the word servingly, but it fits. And also corporately, according to verse 25. So we are to worship God sincerely, devotedly, servingly, and corporately. That's the first set of applicational instructions. The second set of applicational steps involves not turning away from God, and you can see that in verses 26 through 35, but instead to persevere in faith and obedience, and you see that in verses 36 through 39. Let's focus today on verse 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. This verse compresses into one capsule two important truths about our faith. First, we are perfect. Don't deny it or think about all the ways that you are imperfect. When God looks at you, if you're in Christ, he sees the absolute perfect obedience. Given how easily and frequently we disobey his word, how is that possible? The answer is in the first part of the verse. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever. Notice that it was Jesus' death that made us perfect in God's sight. It's his one sacrifice. And it was his act, not ours, that made us perfect in God's sight. Again, he has made us perfect forever, according to that verse. You and I are not considered perfect by God because God is blind to our sins and our flaws. No, we're perfect before God, because Jesus paid for all of our sins, past, present, and future. His death did everything that was necessary to cause God to treat us as perfect. When a defendant is acquitted of murder in our law courts, the state treats him as if he is and always was innocent of murder. Whether he was actually perfect or not, whether he was actually innocent or not, the state treats him as if he were innocent once he's acquitted. In our case, we were totally guilty of many crimes before God, but Jesus paid for all of them. God in his role as judge then treats us according to our legal standing in Christ, not according to our actual record of good and evil. This means that if you are in Christ, There is nothing you can do to cause God to treat you as guilty again. You should not try to impress God with your good works or your righteousness or your growth or your knowledge. You should be thankful that he sees you as perfect. This is a positional truth. That is, Christ's death gave us a perfect position, a perfect standing before God. The other side of verse 14 is that Christ has perfected those who are being made holy. This is the practical truth of our faith. Positionally, we have perfect standing before God if we're in Christ. But practically speaking, we have a long way to go. God, however, is working on us. Notice that the voice of verse 14 is passive we are being made holy. That's passive voice. Through him, through his word, through his church, through trials God brings into our life, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, God is working on us. He is changing us so that we are practically, we will eventually match what we are positionally. In Christ, we are positionally perfect. Through Christ, we are becoming perfect in practice. The reason why we obey God's word now is not to save ourselves, to make God like us or keep him from disliking us. Our position is secure in Christ. God loves us because we are in Jesus and God loves Jesus. Now, the reason why we obey God's word is because we want to become holy like God is, like a child who desires to become like his parents, not to gain their favor, but because he truly admires them. We as God's children have a desire now to become holy like he is. Let these truths change you. You are secure in Christ, so you don't need to worry about sin knocking you out of favor with God. But God is working in you to change you, to think and to act like Jesus too. He wants your position to match your reality. So let him purify you from sin as you grow in your faith each day. And may God bless you, and we'll see you next time.